Welcome to the School of Travel's podcast. I'm your host, Becky Gillespie, and each week I bring you stories of how travel can truly change your life if you take the chance to get out on the road and step out of your comfort zone. My guests also share travel tips and lessons they've learned along the way, which I hope inspires you to let travel be your teacher. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to the School of Travel's podcast. As I'm sure you're all aware, the pandemic has created an unprecedented number of remote job positions, and it's now easier than ever to find 100% remote work. In the last few episodes, I've covered what it's like to work in a co-working space and also interviewed Muj in my last podcast about his transition to becoming a remote worker. I think this naturally leads now to today's episode with my friend Juliana Robbie, a remote jobs coach who helps people find their first remote job in 90 days. So in my interview today, we're going to first learn about Juliana's own experience with remote work and her tips and tricks for finding the best remote job for you. Spoiler alert, not all remote jobs are created equal. As you will learn with Juliana's story, even though you may achieve your dream of going fully remote, it may still not be the best fit for you. And it's really important to consider what you're really looking for in your remote job, whether it's travel, more time at home with your family, or simply more flexibility with your day-to-day schedule. I hope Juliana's energy inspires you to start your remote job search today. Let's get into her incredible story now. Welcome to episode 67 of the School of Travels podcast. Today, I'm with the person I actually mentioned in my last episode, Juliana Robbie, who is now one of my very good friends that I have met as a digital nomad. Juliana, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for the invitation. I'm very happy to be here, Becky. I am so happy to have you here because in our last episode, we talked with someone who has just started their digital nomad journey as of last month. And so we are excited to check back with him in one year to see how it goes. But we talked all about, you know, the things to think about when you first start traveling as a digital nomad. And he just got his first remote job. And so I naturally thought of you, Juliana. But before we talk about what you do for a living, I'd love you to tell us a little bit about yourself. Yes. So I am Juliana. I was born in Brazil. I lived in Brazil until I was 25, I think, 24. <laughs> I don't remember exactly, but around early 20s. Um, I studied psychology. I was working as a psychologist and always it should be, let's say, always expected. You know, you finish university, you start studying, you start working in the area that you studied and all of that. But Deep inside, I was not happy with that. I wanted something different. And when I was younger, when I was 16, I traveled once to the U.S. to do an English course. And since then, I keep thinking about traveling more and more. Uh, but I didn't know how to do it and, and none of that. So after I graduated and I was already working as a psychologist, um, I had the opportunity to move to Spain because a cousin of mine was studying there and when he came to Brazil and shared his experience. I was like, wow, this is exactly what I want to live. This is like the experience and the opportunity. So I rearranged everything in my life. I moved to Spain and I lived there for 15 years. Um, I worked uh, all this time in HR, in human resources. I did a master in HRs and I was traveling from time to time. So let's say I was living the expat life and I was you know, settling down. I was also improving in my career, in my profession. I was making friends. Everything was looking good from the outside, just like it was looking good when I was living in Brazil. But again, deep inside, I was like, yeah, I want more. I want more of life. I have this thing that when I reach a certain level, I want to go further. And that was, uh, that feeling was back to me. And I had clear that I wanted to travel more. That was the thing for me. I was already traveling a lot according to friends and other people, you know, according to their references. I was already traveling a lot, but for me, it was not enough. So gradually I started working remotely in 2014. Then I could travel more than only on the weekends and long holidays, but still I wanted more. So, um, Around two years ago, four years ago, actually, I started the process of 
being able to quit my job, having my own business so I could travel as much as I want for as long as I want and also work at the same time. So two years ago, I started this life. I quit my remote job and I start traveling and working at the same time. So now I have my own business and I work as a career coach. I help people to land remote jobs. That's me in a nutshell. Wow. What a journey. First of all, Juliana, you and I actually have a very similar background because we were both expats for, you said, 15 years. I was 12 years in Tokyo. And so yes. I, can, I can really understand what you must have been feeling as you were like, I just want more travel. Even though I'm traveling a lot, I just want more. This freedom to travel is not enough for me in this job yes. that I'm, you know, this non-remote job. So uh, I'm really curious because the the guest we had in our last episode, he had just started a remote job, but it was very tied to hours in the U.S. So first of all, I'd like to hear a bit more about what your remote job was like that you started, because I know that you've been working remotely now for over eight years. Yes. Yeah. So it, it started 1st of January, 2014. I remember that date. <laughs> I didn't know it was going to change my life so deeply, but yes. Yeah, so the date is uh, also um, a very important date for me, 1st of January, 2014. And it was funny because I didn't choose to go remotely at that time. You know, it, it was something that happened to me. So I was working as a recruiter. I was interviewing candidates, um, checking LinkedIn profiles and talking to the hiring managers, all the HR job I was doing in that company and suddenly there was some internal change and they told me look uh, you have basically two options or we are going to fire you because you cannot remain in this company or we can change your contract to another company in the group so you're going to do the same job but you're going to work for another company in the group and I was like of course I would <laughs> keep my job right but they said yes the thing is that you cannot work in the office anymore because I was living in Madrid in Spain at that time and going to the Madrid office. But the new company that they changed my contract to was based in Barcelona, also in Spain, but in another state. So they said, you, you have to work from home. And suddenly I was like, wow, what does it mean? That was back in 2014. So it was not as common as it is today. People didn't understand. My friends, when I mentioned that, they were like, but what are you going to do? How are you going to work from home? Is it even possible? And I didn't know <laughs> if it was possible or not because I didn't have any previous experience. But I had to make it work because it was pretty much the only good option I had. And very soon I realized that, yeah, it was not only working for me, but I was enjoying a lot working from home. I was, you know, able to organize my time. I was productive. I, I had two dogs at the time. So it was great for me to spend more time with the dogs. And yeah, so very soon I realized that I liked that. But funny enough, it was not my choice at the first Step. So I worked remotely for um, around six months and then um, I, I was dating a guy at that time. So we broke up and I had to leave the house and I decided to move to Barcelona because the office was located in Barcelona. Then I went back to the office for like a month and I realized like, no, I don't want to go back to the office anymore. So I the rest of my team was all working in the office. I was in the same city, but <laughs> I was rather not going back to the office. Um, yeah, it was uh, only improving for me. You know, the, I was enjoying the experience. Uh, my productive was not affected. Uh, it was improved, I would say. Um, I could travel more. There, it was all gradually because, as you mentioned, your previous guest, he was very tight to working hours. And I was like that also. I had to work from nine to six. From Monday to Friday, I had to be connected. I had to be available for, you know, phone calls, for communication by uh, internal chat. So at the beginning, it was quite rigid, the working hours, but I was not physically in the office. Wow, it's so interesting. I feel like you are you experienced so early on, like you said, because this infrastructure, we didn't have Zoom, we didn't have co-working spaces, I would say, even like we exactly. have now. Um, it had to feel, did it feel very isolating at the beginning? Maybe a bit. Uh, especially at the very beginning, because I was quite close with my, my colleagues at the time. Uh, it's not that I hated the office. That's also another interesting part. I was not hating the office. 
like some people are now, right? I talk to people and they're like, I hate going to the office. I hate, no, I was happy with the job I had, with the team. It was quite fun. And then suddenly I had no choice because of those internal changes. So yes, at the beginning, I felt a bit lonely. Although um, we were still in contact all the time, we had already uh, an internal chat that was uh, very simple, but it worked. We were making phone calls <laughs> all the time. Um, so, yeah, um, I felt a little bit lonely, but I think I soon realized that the benefits of working remotely were way bigger than feeling alone. And I was still going like from time to time, I don't know, having lunch with them on Friday and spending some time together. So, yeah, I was never, like, feeling completely lonely or rethinking the whole working from home situation because of feeling loneliness, although it is something that some people never get used to, right? That's a very common and, and real complaint, actually, from people who work remotely or from home that they some of them do feel lonely, but it was never a big issue for me. And you had this really interesting experience of going to moving to your office again in Barcelona and like, you know, trying it for a month. But then how was that conversation when you when you went into, I guess, your boss and said, can I go back to 100 percent remote despite the fact that I live in Barcelona? How was that conversation? Yeah. Yeah. Going back to the office just felt like the natural thing to do because I was working remotely because I was in Madrid and I could not go to the office. But once I moved to Barcelona, it was just like the logical step, right? I didn't think about not going. It was like, okay, now I'm back in the same city as my office. So, of course, I'm going to go to the office. And everybody was waiting for me there. So it was just like a normal step. I, at that moment, I didn't think like, I don't want to go back to the office. It was like, okay, I had a six months, very nice experience working from home. Now I'm going to go back to the office. That was how I was thinking at that time. And then I went, but it didn't feel right since the very first moment, you know, the typical coffee machine and people around waiting to get a coffee. I was like, oh, are we back to that? And then all the dressing up stuff and oh, you need to put a different clothes every day because otherwise people will <laughs> will come in all of the end, the small talk, like, how was your weekend? I was like, oh, man, I don't want to do that. And also the job I was doing at the moment as a recruiter, I was pretty much, even before, I was pretty much in a room, a kind of separated room to have enough silence and privacy to be interviewing the candidates. So I was socializing pretty much at the, the coffee break at lunchtime, but the work itself to be productive, to get things done. I had to be on a quiet room with the door closed and all of that. And it was way easier for me to do that at home because I had the privacy. I had, you know, all the space I need. So it didn't feel right since the beginning. And my boss knew it because he, um, he was a very good boss. I have to say he made the process easier. <laughs> and I know that not all the bosses are the same, but, um, he knew how happy. I was in those initial six months when I was working from home. We were talking on a daily basis and, and he knew that. So I don't think he was surprised with that. Um, I realized that uh, it didn't work out anymore for me. And yeah, it still worked out. There is another thing I didn't mention. But um, before going remotely, I was working as a recruiter in this company. It was a cruise company. So I was already traveling. A good amount of my time, maybe 50%, 60% of my time, I was already working, uh, traveling to different countries to interview people who want to work as a crew member in a cruise ship. So sometimes I was out of the office for like three weeks, sometimes even a week, traveling to different places. So when I was on a recruitment trip, I was not in the office and I was still getting work done. So somehow... I was already testing without realizing, right? Now, when I look back, I connect the dots, but somehow every recruitment trip that I was doing, I was already testing the fact that I was not physically in the office and I was still getting work done. So, yeah, it was kind of, it happened naturally. And when I had the chance to go back to the office, I tested out and said, no, this is not for me anymore. So it was, was natural to remain <laughs> working from home. I also love how your jobs were already connected to travel. I'm sure you were, you know, it's different when you're doing it for work and you're, you know, taking business trips. But I'm sure that, you know, 
all these like this this connection with travel was already growing within you and and pushing you forward to eventually becoming fully fully remote and making your own job like you said just designing what you wanted which is where we're going to go next so you were at this job and you had it was remote you had you know you had talked with your boss to get back into a fully remote situation but you still had these hours so what was your process what was your what your thought process what do you think was pushing you to finally design your own job and transition yeah, that happened much later. So I started working remotely in 2014 and I was traveling a lot because of those business trips and all of that. And then I, I started realizing that it was fun because I could, you know, be in many countries for the first time. And I was arranging my schedule in a way that if I had to go, for example, to India, then I would stay four or five days after uh, in the place to enjoy, to take some time off. So I was trying to balance that. But I was traveling a lot, and uh, the working hours were very uh, intense also. So I remember this image. I think I'll never forget that. I was in Mauritius Island. I had been there like five times. Um, and I was in a fancy five-star hotel, all looking pretty, and there was a small window, and I could see the sea from the window. And pretty much like I see now, I also see the sea now, but now I'm not in Mauritius Island. I'm in Brazil at the moment. So I was there working, seeing the sea from the window, and I was interviewing 40 candidates per day. So I was like, wow, I am in paradise. I am in a five-star hotel. I'm traveling, but all I'm doing is being inside a hotel room, interviewing 40 candidates per day. So at some point, it started feeling that the balance was not good. I, I wanted to travel. I had no doubt about it, but not in those conditions. No, it was not traveling, go somewhere and stay inside a hotel room interviewing 40 candidates. So that started bothering me. And then I landed a new job after this job, which was in one IT company, also as a recruiter, also interviewing candidates. But in that job, I didn't have to travel. I was working remotely, but I didn't have to travel. So initially it was good. Because I was like, okay, I don't have to travel to work and be inside a hotel room. I can travel to wherever I want. But because it was a Spanish contract and my manager was not as flexible as the other one, I had to ask for permission to go somewhere and I had to say up front how long I was going to stay there. So I didn't, um, I didn't manage the, the amount of traveling that I wanted to. So in one job, I was traveling too much. The other one, I was traveling less than I wanted. And I was like, no, this is still not the, the right measurement for me. But all of that, I figured it out testing out. I didn't know upfront this wish of traveling more, this need, I would say, because it got like one of the main things. Um, it turned into one of the main uh, pillars of my life. It was growing with time. And I was like, I'm missing traveling, but not traveling as I used to do when I was working. And then at some point I realized, yeah, I think I got to um, travel on my own terms instead of traveling on holidays. I want to make travel uh, my lifestyle. And that was the what I want. That was like the desire. That was the final goal. But I had no idea how to make it happen. I I didn't know. So I started, that was around 2016 that those ideas started, you know, growing in my mind and in my heart also, of course. So I started consuming all kinds of um, travel blogs and, you know, people that were writing blogs and traveling. And it was more around the traveling thing. And then at some point I found out about digital novels, which were people traveling, but not necessarily like making blog posts about the traveling itself. There was another kind of work or profession behind. So I started expanding um, the exploration of, okay, how can I travel more? But it was still early stage. It was more like investigating, like hours and hours reading about it and buying books and all of that. And then I started attending also travel events, people that were traveling nonstop. But it was more like travel in a, you know, in a caravan or traveling by bicycle, traveling by motorbike. And I was like, no, this is not still my style because for me, Career is something very important to me. I, I do care about my career. I love what I do. So I, I always say that I didn't want to travel and sell postcards on, on the main square of the city, for example, to make money. I didn't want to sell bracelets. Like I didn't want to 
use all my savings to travel. I wanted to make the travel sustainable in a way that I could travel as much as I want, as long as I want, but making money in the meantime. I didn't want to um, like take a sabbatical year. That could be an option, but it was not my option at that moment. So I was like, I need to find a way to keep having income and still give more space in my life to travel. So all those ideas were popping in my mind, but I didn't know how to shape it. It was very confusing how to get there. The, the final way was more clear, but how to get there was a bit confusing. So in 2018, I think it was, I was like, no, enough of that because I, I find my, I found myself dreaming about it, dreaming about traveling, dreaming about changing my life, but not doing anything about it. And at some point I was like, wow, Juliana, you are a very boring person. You, <laughs> you talk about something and you live a completely different reality. And I was like, enough of that. So the first, uh, major step I did and, um, an extremely important one now looking back was to hire a life coach to help me to structure the process, to get clarity, because I was not able to do it alone at that time. Wow. That's, I, I can imagine how much help that you would have like gotten from this life coach and just, you know, the structure, it definitely sounds like was required. And it's like, it's like so difficult when you start to get those feelings. I, I can imagine people listening to this who might still be in an office job or in a cubicle who are having those same feelings. It's just they want, how can they make this a reality? How can they, you know, go from their reality to what they really think is what their reality should be? And that's, a, that's a really powerful advice for someone thinking about how to make the leap. So then, I mean, now you're a coach yourself for getting a remote <laughs> job. Yes. Which is which is maybe people listening to this have, didn't even realize that there is a, a job like that out there for them and that they I can get, go to yeah. a coach. I get this comment very often. They're like, is this a thing like career coach for remote jobs? Yeah, this is a thing. Obviously, this profession <laughs> didn't exist some years ago when remote jobs were not a thing. But like pretty much everything in life, jobs evolve and career new careers happen you know they, they change the needs are different so yes there are career codes i'm not the only one doing that there are more people out there but there are people who are specialized in helping others to land remote jobs so how did you how did you go from to finish this thread of where you were moving to how did you go from hiring the life coach and transitioning from your job as a recruiter to to your being a, a coach yeah the whole transition process lasted 2 years so it was quite a long process i what i wanted is do a smooth transition in a way that uh i would create other sources of income before quitting my full-time job, uh, this one that I was doing remotely, but that I wanted to, to quit. So that was my goal, start creating new sources of income. So at some point, I was doing four different things at the same time. I was working my full-time job, eight hours per day. Apart from that, I was doing two freelance gigs. So I was a CV writer, LinkedIn writer, interview preparation for two different companies. I was providing services as a freelancer and I started having my own clients, also all related to the same, interview preparation, CV writing, LinkedIn, career change, all of that. So I had four sources of income, but it's still the full-time job was the main one. So I was balancing all of that. And for those two years, Becky, I was working minimum 11 hours per day, minimum. But some days, like most of the days, it was way more. Because I wanted to test out things before, you know, quitting my job. Um, it's important to say also that I'm the first entrepreneur in my family. Like nobody in my family comes from um, this. Um, nobody in my family has a job that is not a stable job. Most of people in my family, they work for the government in the same job until they retire. So I was not exposed in my life to anything different than you get a job and you stay there until you retire. That's what was expected from me. That's all that I learned. So what I was doing was extremely new for me. I didn't have any reference. I didn't, I never thought about it. My, my thing was I want to travel more. So I started testing out things, but the financial aspect was, and it is 
it is still very important for me. So my main source of income, which was my full-time job, was still there, but I was creating other sources of income. And yeah, working a lot. Weekends, I was working even more. So during, during those two years, I basically didn't go out for parties or go out with friends and all of that. I was very focused in, in making this happen. It was like, I I need to make it happen. Now there was no another chance. <laughs> it, I was already in the process. So I, you know, something inside me was really motivating me to keep going despite feeling tired, be, despite having no guarantee that it was going to work. But deep inside, I knew it was going to work. So there was a lot of saying no to uh, distractions and saying no to things that were not supporting my journey. So, for example, um, most of my friends, actually, at the time, they were not understanding this process. They were, they were like, but Juliana, you already have a perfect life. That's how they used to describe my life. Your life is already perfect. You live in Barcelona, one of the greatest cities in the world. You have a nice job. You live in a very nice apartment. You already travel a lot. So according to my friend's criterion, <laughs> I was traveling a lot. But they were like, I don't understand why you're doing that. You don't need to do that. So I realized that it was kind of a solitary journey to change everything in my life, to create the stability, to pursue a dream. But instead of just, you know, giving up everything and going and jumping into the unknown, I decided to take two years to create the new reality in a way that I felt safer to make the move. And that's what started happening through those two years until a certain point that um, the income I was making with the freelancer gig, the two one, and my direct clients was enough for me to live in Asia <laughs> as a low life cost. But I was like, okay, I can go to Asia and I can live there without touching my savings. And that's when I finally quit my job, which was uh, October 2019. And then in November, I start traveling and being a full-time digital moment. Oh, that's so incredible. And I'm so shocked by how similar our stories are, Juliana, of transitioning into that full-time traveling world, because I was the same as you. I had three jobs at a time at one point in Tokyo, and I, I was just like you. I would be, I was able to go out maybe once a week with friends, yeah. but, but they didn't know that I was working till 10 or 11 at night, you know, with these three yeah. jobs. So I think our stories show people sometimes if you want this remote life, especially one that is going to require a lot of, you know, you're going to have a lot of responsibility and freedom with yourself to make your money. It's it's going to require a lot of work to like at the beginning, sometimes a lot of work that people never see. But, you know, you, you have to be focused and and be ready for this. Yeah. Yeah. And I took two years. I don't know. How, how long did you take? I I took about two and a half years from when I got like some extra jobs happening um, mm -hmm. and really started to think about it. But I guess I could have been faster, but I had the same. I don't know if you felt this. I also had a lot of responsibility towards my company, my main company I was working for. I just didn't I felt I had to give them quite a bit of time before I left because they didn't have many employees working for the company. Mm hmm. In Spain, I had a Spanish contract at the time. The the notice period from the moment you formally inform the company you're leaving until you leave, you need to give 15 days. That's what the law says. I gave eight times more. I gave them two months. So <laughs> I also felt the same, like I'm responsible with my job, with my company. So I don't want to give only 15 days, which is what the law uh, would require, but I gave them two months so I could even find my replacement and all of that. But yeah, uh, so you took like two years and something. I took two years. Uh, what I realize now is that it can be done faster. And that's pretty much what I help my clients to do because uh, some people will need longer time for different reasons, but the ones who want to speed up the process, there are ways to do that. I didn't know how to do it. I took maybe the longer way, but it felt right to me. And I'm happy that I did it because we, we do what we can at the moment, right? Uh, if we keep waiting for the perfect moment or when everything is, you know, ready, uh, things will not be ready. We need to create our reality. 
But now I know that there are ways to do it much faster, especially if you have support of someone who have done the journey up front. And what are some of those ways that you can make it faster? I know that you offer a program to help people get a remote job in 90 days, for example. Where yeah. can people start if they really think, okay, I'm ready to go remote? The first thing we, we talk about is, is clarify um, what people want for their life and their career. Because sometimes when you say, I want a remote job, this is covering a lot of things that's under the umbrella of remote job. Because what a remote job means for me can be completely different than what a remote job means for you. Not everybody wants to travel, for example, and it's not mandatory. Like Remote job has nothing to do with traveling if you don't want to travel. <laughs> Some people tell me, yeah, but I don't want to travel. It's like, but that's fine. Do you want to work from your home? Do you want to be able to visit your parents? Do you want to be able to work from the mountains? Yes, I do. So remote job is also for you. So the initial conversation is getting clarity about what does it mean for you to have a remote job or even uh, deeper, like what do you want for your life and for your career? Because it's never only about the job itself. It's how do you want to create your lifestyle? Where do you want to live? How do you want your day to look like? How much money you want to make? Which kind of people you want to have around you? Where do you want to be in five years? So it's uh, having a micro view of your life and your career. I cannot separate life and career. You are the same person who has a job, you have your career, you have your life, you have your relationship, so it's all together. So in this initial moment, we go deep into the clarity to understand where you are at the moment in your life and in your career, where do you want to be, which are the options that exist, because sometimes we just talk about it. Oh, I want to change my career. I want to work remotely. But we don't really know which are the options available for you, for your case, considering your background and all of that. So we go deep into the, the real options that exist out there. And then we start choosing the ones that you are willing to do because not, not all the options will suit you. Not all the options you are ready to make the step and all of that. So we initially talk about clarity. And then after that, we create a roadmap that will suit you, your time, your needs, your goals, and all of that. And once the clarity is there, we create a roadmap, and then we go to the next step, which is show that situation, that reality, your truth to the world. And how you do that is reflecting that in your LinkedIn profile, in your resume, in your cover letter. So you align what you're showing on the social media, on the official documents that you're going to use in a recruitment process, you align that with the things you figure out or reconnect that you want to have for your career. There is also a lot of mindset work because when you start this journey, probably things like, oh, maybe I'm dreaming too high. Maybe I, I'm too old for that. Oh, my case is different because I didn't study IT because I come from this country, because in my case, it's going to be difficult, or um, maybe I should just be grateful for what I have. Oh, I tried it already for two months. It didn't work. So maybe this is not for me. So all those fears, all those limiting beliefs, or as I say, those voices that, you know, come up and try to bring us down or make us stop the process, we need to uh, consider that also. So it's definitely not only about the strategy. It's about you as a person. So if you're feeling insecure, if you're hesitant, if you have low self-esteem, if you're not sure if you're going to make it, we need to talk about it too. So there is a space for that because we are not robots. We have feelings and all of that. Um, then we also um, talk about job search strategies. So how can you be more effective searching for jobs and where to find the remote jobs and how to identify if they are a scam or not. How can we speed up the process of um, connecting with the right people in the company and all of that? So we explore a lot of different job search strategies and then I can bring my my expertise, my 15 years of experience as a recruiter so I know exactly what companies are looking for, what happened on the other side of the recruitment process. So I bring that also to my clients, uh, these are all ways to speed up the process, right? Instead of keep trying and wondering what works, no, let me tell you what works because I know that. And then we test in your case, we make the adjustments. If it's not working, this 
specific technique, we go to the next one, but everything very supervised and in a way that the results come way faster. There is also um, another part of understanding that not all the job offers will be posted. So most of them actually won't be posted on LinkedIn, on Indeed, on the traditional job portals and remote job portals, but they do exist. So how to access this kind of offer, how to improve your networking, because everybody says, oh, networking is important. You got to network, but we don't, nobody tell us how to do that. So network kind of gets in the air and we don't know how to um, implement that. So I also talk about it. And of course, about job interviews, right? Because at some point you will do a job interview and then you leave the interview thinking like, oh my goodness, they asked me the classic, tell me about yourself. And I didn't know how to reply. So we, <laughs> we know that some questions might come up, but we never really know what to answer. And what happens also with remote job is that people don't know how different a remote job interview could be. So which kind of questions a remote company can ask a candidate during the process? What do they expect from you? Uh, what else do you need to prepare apart from what you would prepare already for a traditional job interview? And also when it comes to salary negotiation and negotiating the, the conditions. So what you expect from a remote company regarding payment, regard benefits, kind of contract and all these logistic things. Like if you don't know about it, you lose power when you are negotiating the conditions. So all of that are things that if you know how to handle, they will not only give you easier access to the opportunities that are there in the market, but also stand out as a candidate because competition is real especially now after the pandemic and all of that, people that were not thinking at all about remote jobs, now they are considering that. So it's very common to find a remote job that was posted, let's say, three, four days ago, and you have already 500 applicants. So that can be very scary for people, right? You go three days later and you say, wow, 500 applicants. I won't even apply for the job. So you need to understand what is behind those 500 applicants and understand how to stand out from the others. And spoiler, it's not only applying for the job, but I'll leave it out there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. You've got a lot of tips that people could actually, we're going to give your contact details at the end of the podcast too. They can reach out to you. And I know how much of an expert you are by this point and with all the interview skills you mentioned, all the interviewing you were doing. Um, there's so much to learn. Uh, one thing that struck me while you were talking that people might not even think about is the, the cultural differences between you and your interviewer and the company you might work for. I know in Japan, when I was um, working with Japanese students, they sometimes encountered um, they were going to go to an interview for a job with a lot of Americans and they didn't know how to do the interview. They didn't know even how to look on camera or, or act because yeah, it's, it's something you don't think about, but with the remote nature of that we're moving towards with jobs, there could be a lot more cross-cultural work than you were used to before. Yeah, definitely. Um, there are two, two sides of the story. One is grab as much information as you can before the interview. So you shouldn't go to an interview not knowing who is the recruiter, uh, what is the nationality of that person, what is the background of that person, is someone that comes from um, a more logical background or is someone coming from um, HR area, for example. So you need to understand who is the person you're going to be talking about, and that's way easier to do now with Internet and all of that. Before it was harder, <laughs> but now it's way easier. So uh, as a candidate, you need to get information because that will help you to better prepare upfront the interview. So you can find a lot if you put the time to investigate about the company, about the interviewer and all of that. And the other side of the story is that when it comes to remote companies, it's almost impossible to work in an environment that everybody will be from your same, uh, from the same nationality, from the same country. So the, the cross-cultural environment is, is given. I mean, you won't be able to escape that or if your team is from everyone from the same country, which is very uncommon, I bet that some of the clients or the providers, you know, will be from different countries because that's one of the benefits of working remotely. You can access the best people in the world. So there is no point about limiting um, everyone operating in the same country. So 
you got to be comfortable with that. And I know it comes with time, but it's, it's a very nice aspect that you pointed out because uh, saying that, oh, I was not expecting to be interviewed by someone from India, for example. That's why the interview didn't go well. Well, this is not an excuse because you should expect and you can know upfront who is going to interview you, where is the company located, where are people that are going to work with you eventually, where are they from and all of that. So, yeah, it requires preparation, but that's that's the way to go because working remotely probably will be associated with a very international team and culture. Yeah. The other thing I, I thought about while you were talking about these different things to look for when you're trying to find a remote job is that like the invisible network, like the, as you were saying, networking is so important. I actually had an experience once where I met someone in a bar. I was there for a pub quiz and I asked if I could join this person's team. And because I shared with this person that I was looking for a job, I ended up getting a job from him that I had for six years. So I love it. I would say there's this invisible network that you don't even realize out there sometimes. And we should, if we want a remote job, we should start sharing with everybody around us that we do. Cause you don't know who's going to go look in their own network and go to bat for you to help out and exactly. help you realize your dream. Exactly. So people think that searching for a job most of the time is associated with shame. It's like, Oh, people will think that, I don't know, that I'm not good at my job or they will know that I got fired or it will show that somehow my job is not. There is a lot of negative um, ideas around being looking for a job, right? Uh, in our culture, it's like, hi, what's your name? What do you do? It's pretty much the second question <laughs> that we ask people. So when the career side is not there, the person tends to feel a bit lack of something, feeling less than others. So we normally don't share when you're looking for a job because in general, we don't feel comfortable with doing that. But as you uh, share your example, which is a brilliant one, and I got to say, it's not an exception. That happens a lot. It's just that we don't talk about it <laughs> enough. But people do land jobs because, you know, they mentioned that to their cousin and they know someone that works in a company that was looking for that or the girlfriend mentioned that to her mom and the mom need, knew someone. Those things happen. And probably if we look back, each of us, in our own career journey, we are probably going to figure out that, you know, uh, your friend that was working somewhere told you about a position. Your father had a friend. Work. Those things happen. It's just that. When we grow older and we want to change from an office job to a remote job, we still don't have a strong network into the remote work environment. So we tend to think that this networking will not work. It will work. It's just that you need to create a strong network into this different environment, which is the remote work environment. So the power of networking is there, definitely. Um it's one way to stand out from others because if you just follow the traditional application process, right, there is a position open, you apply, you send your resume, and then you wait for the company to contact you. You're doing what everyone else is doing. There is nothing special about you, about the way you're showing yourself. But think with me, on the other hand, if someone in the company knows you and knows that you are open to a remote job and suddenly a position comes up and they say, oh, that might be good for Becky. Let, let me tell her. And then they mention to you and you say, oh, yeah, I would love that. Can you present my resume? And then you speed up the process. You skip all the traditional steps that the other 499 people will be <laughs> following. And you go straight to the HR person. So networking is extremely powerful. I would say even more nowadays in the times that we are living that everybody's considering remote jobs, so networking will open doors, will speed up process, and will give you access to positions that are not posted anywhere, but they exist also. So how, what have you seen in your coaching um, recently with the, this, with the pandemic and how it's affecting remote work? Are you getting a lot more people giving you a call like, all right, yes. it's time to go fully yes. remote? I'd be curious to hear. Every week. I had this morning a call with a guy from Belgium this morning and he told me, um, I, I had to work remotely during the pandemic 
from home, right? That was the, the right term he used. I had to work from home during the pandemic. And at some point, I decided to go to um, to Madeira, Madeira in Portugal, Madeira Island. And I told my company that I was going there. They authorized and he went there because he wanted to, to taste a little bit the digital nomad life. And he said, but my clients didn't know that. The clients didn't know. And they probably wouldn't be happy with that. So I was pretending to the client that I was still back home in Belgium, but my company knew and uh, it was a bit confusing for him. But he said, I figured out that I don't need to be in the office to do my job. I loved it. And then now he doesn't want to go back to the office anymore. And then that's why we had the call. It was like, how can I land a, a remote job? How can I you know, uh, work in a way that I don't need to go to the office anymore? So every single week I'm having conversations like that. Um, because people realize that it is possible. There were so many jobs before that, uh, everybody would say, Oh no, no, this kind of job, this sector, um, you know, this kind of company in general, no, everybody needs to be the office. So it was taken for granted that some very specific jobs could be done remotely. That's what the majority of us uh, was thinking before. And then the pandemic came to shake. Everyone believes pretty much and prove us not in the best way as possible. I have to say it was quite traumatic how things happen. But now the time passed and we can uh, see also the good side of the story. Um, a lot of companies and employees and managers figured out that, hey, this can be done remotely. <laughs> this is not, as I thought before, an exclusive and mandatory remote, uh, sorry, office job. So more and more people now that companies are saying, okay, the remote option is over. You got to go back to the office, December, January, February, whatever. People are like, uh, no, I don't want to do that anymore. I experienced something new for me. I found my way through after the, the initial chaos and, and all of that. So they want to keep working remotely. So I'm having more and more conversations about it. I keep an eye also on the companies to see what is happening from their side. And I see more and more companies uh, going fully remote or testing out some kind of hybrid um, way of working, which is partially working from home or from whatever, partially going to the office. So maybe two days in the office and three days home or some kind of combination like that. So more and more companies are open to it. And this was not happening before. So I I say that this is the best time ever to land a remote job because there was never so many options as we are facing now. Yeah, I'm sure you've also heard of the big quit that, you know, the, yeah. the headlines seem to start in the U.S. and they're focusing on the U.S. and people just and we were we were traumatized so much during the pandemic and with working from home or losing our jobs that we're just like it's I, I need to shift into something new. I can't the the old ways of being in the office just are not going to cut it anymore. So I, I agree with you. I think there's never been a better time to go remote and there's never been as many remote jobs as now. Mm-hmm. And people are, are more awake now in a way that we all had time to rethink a bit what is the importance that we give to our jobs, to our careers. If you're happy doing what we do, which are which are our priorities. So everybody somehow had the chance to rethink about it. So a lot of people realize that, hey, I'm not happy with my job. And probably <laughs> those ones, they were not happy since many years ago. But then finally they were like, I don't want to do that for the rest of my life. I want to do something different. So it was time to rethink a lot of things, not only from the job itself perspective, but like, what am I doing with my life, with my time? Is this how I want to spend uh, the next 10, 5, 15 years? So people were rethinking the whole yeah, career in general. I also want to ask you something I'm sure a lot of people think about, and that's like, do remote jobs pay as much as jobs in the office? Am I going to take a pay cut if I go for this remote job since I no longer am commuting and putting my face out there in the office? Oh, that's a great question. I've got to say that we have everything happening out there at the moment. So, yes, you will find companies that will say, oh, because you're not coming to the office. 
um, we are going to pay you less. So this still exists, unfortunately. Other companies will pay you the same thing that they would pay if you would go to the office, and other companies will pay you more than um, you would get paid uh, or other people are getting paid to do that job in the office because they understand that they want to keep the best professionals with them. They want to attract the best professionals. They are saving costs regarding office and all of that. So unfortunately, I would say you're going to find everything out there. So, um, But it's not mandatory that you're going to make less money. That's actually a fewer companies are still doing that because, again, they realize that if they pay less, they're going to lose the best people to the other companies that are also remote and are paying more. So this is shifting. Uh, fingers crossed that soon we won't have those companies out there anymore. But the reality is that you have everything. So as a job seeker, you should take the time to investigate uh, a bit about the company, the salaries, and, and have your own criterion, like which is the minimum salary and you know benefits that I'm looking for, and don't go lower than that. So if you still didn't find a company that pays what you deserve, and what the market is paying, right? It's not that I want to 10 times my salary just because I want it. No, <laughs> you got to analyze also what the market is paying. So it's it's a deeper search. But um, keep searching until you find a company that pays you what is fair and what you want. And yeah, like you were saying, think about what you want in your life as well. Maybe it is mm-hmm. going to be less hours. Maybe it is going to be less money at the beginning, but is it going to give you more freedom to travel while you're working remotely as well? Likely. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much understand what you are looking for. And sometimes accepting a pay cut should make the first step towards a full-time remote job that is completely aligned with your long-term goals. It might be the best option for you. It might make perfectly sense. So every case needs to be checked individually but you will find companies that will pay you less just because it's remote and you're going to find the companies that will pay you more just because it is remote. Yeah. And I mean, think about it also, the, these benefits of things you can not worry about so much anymore. Like I know you and I, we don't have cars. I don't know if you did. You ever did. I, I did. did not. I did. <laughs> so I did. <laughs> I, yeah. It's like you don't have to worry about making those payments when you start to become, in our case, digital nomads, but there's so many expenses that you're going to be able to save on when you go yeah. remote. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's a different lifestyle. So uh, as I always say, it's not for everybody. It's not the perfect solution for everybody. That's why the clarity at the beginning of the process is so important because we need to understand why you're choosing that and which kind of remote job will suit you better, um, open up all the options available, and then start eliminating but yeah every person will have different needs and we'll see what suits better that specific case now have you had anybody call you that you helped get a remote job and then they said you know what this wasn't for me i don't like working remotely i'm actually going back to the cubicle i didn't have that but i had people that before they accepting the remote job they got the offer but they said you know what i don't want this one they got like two offers or three offers and they ended up going to the office job because it made more sense in their journey. It's like, I'm going to make more money. I'm going to learn more. Uh, there was one specific case. It was a management position in the exactly area he wanted to work. So he said, I'm going to stay in this job for two years and then I'm going to go for a remote job. So for me, it's not about having more people working remotely. For me, my goal as a career coach and as a person, my mission uh, which is way deeper than the job I do at the moment. But my mission is to help people to be happier with their career. So some people will be happier working remotely and I will help them to get there. Some people will be happier um, finding a new office job that is aligned and is providing everything that they need. So I will also help them there. Some people will start their own company, which is my choice. It's not for everybody. So um, I do know a lot about remote jobs. That's the choice I've made for like seven, six years of my life. Now I made a different choice. Now I'm not working for a company anymore. Now I have my own company. So our career goals change. And for me, the most important thing is, are you happy with what you're doing? Are you creating the lifestyle you want to have? So if you want to go back to the office, I can help you also to do that. 
Great. Well, if people want to find you and get in contact with you, where can they go? They can find me on LinkedIn, on Instagram. I have my YouTube channel that I share new videos every week about career. So pretty much if you search for Juliana Rabi, uh, my surname is R-A-B-B-I. You're going to find me everywhere with my full name. We are going to put the links to all of those things on the schooloftravels.com. So listeners, you can go there and find Juliana. I'm sure she would be very excited to work with you and help you go remote if that's what you're thinking about. And as Juliana <laughs> said, if that's what, if that's what really, you know, is, is the best thing for you right now. I, I wanted to ask you, Juliana, once you finally in 2018 transitioned into working for yourself, because that's what you really were feeling, how did your life change? Oh, completely. <laughs> for, for good things. And also, I figured it out that having your own business requires a lot of things that I had no idea about it. It's not only about the work itself. Like, you need to take care of the accountant part. You need to attract the clients. You need to, uh, you know, think about so many logistic things and all of that. So a kind of new world opened up to me regarding the business part that I had no idea about it. And I also figured out that it was my chance to really choose what I wanted to do because um, if I keep doing the things I didn't like, it would be very boring. So I was like, no, I didn't quit my job and create my own business to do work that I didn't like <laughs> before. So I still am in this process of, okay, am I happy doing this? Do I want to improve? Do I want to delegate? Do I want to try something new? So a lot of um, self-growth and evaluation and asking for help. I still have mentors and quotes and all of that for the different needs I had along the journey. So I don't do this uh, this process alone because I can't and I don't need. It's way faster and more pleasant to ask for help. But yeah, there are so many things that I'm learning in this journey of having my own business. It's wow. It's mind-blowing and not always easy, but very interesting journey. Oh, I'm so glad that you're on this path now and that you're feeling like so uh, like available to yourself to like make the choices you want to make now and be yeah. intentional with your life. That's that's so great. <laughs> yes, I'm happy with my choice. Yeah, I have one last question for you about remote jobs. So before people contact you so that they can start thinking about being ready and what they're really looking for with remote jobs, do you have a, like a number one go to resource like a book or a website that's great to start exploring these thoughts people have? I don't have, but I will suggest what I did in my own journey that worked out for me. And I tell my clients to do that is get close to the reality you want to live. So if you want to have a remote job uh, and if you have some jobs or some companies in mind, because sometimes we, oh, I would love to work for that company or I want to do this kind of job. Start getting close to this reality. And what I mean by that is. Try to talk to people that work in that company. Try to attend events. There are so many online events nowadays, and most of them even for free. So try to attend online events that the company organize or job fairs for remote jobs or um, events online in general that people who work remotely will attend. So put yourself closer to the reality that you want to live because that will give you a better idea of how it is. It actually is. You'll be able to talk, to socialize with people that are doing that reality, and you're going to get some taste, some feeling of how it is to live there. So instead of just dream about it, start getting close to that reality. That would be my number one tip to warm up the process. Oh, thank you so much, Juliana. I have no doubt that you've inspired a lot of people who've been thinking about going remote or considering a remote job that you're going to push them forward. And I hope that they start taking action in 2022. Yes, there was never a better time to do that. <laughs> and you are actually going to be our first episode in 2022. So I'm really hoping that it's going to inspire listeners. Listeners, get out there and start looking for the remote job of your dreams. Let's do it. Yes. Thank you, Juliana. You're welcome. Thanks again, Juliana, for all of the great advice on how to find a remote job. I feel like this interview really gives us a realistic look at the remote work search and things to consider when you're looking to take that leap into the remote world. 
hopefully you now see that it is possible for anyone to find a remote job. Sometimes you just have to get creative. I also wouldn't be surprised if remote work becomes the norm in a few more years and people who go into an office become the minority. Let's see what happens. If you would like to hire Juliana as your personal remote job coach or follow her travel journey, I will put the links to both her LinkedIn and her Instagram on theschooloftravels.com. I'm sure she would be more than happy to help you. Thanks for listening. And until next time, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay tuned. Thanks for listening to the School of Travels podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love for you to subscribe and leave us a rating wherever you get your podcasts. Special thanks to The Sam Chase for allowing us to use their song, In a Perfect World. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode, and remember to always let travel be your teacher. If you keep your options open, there are places you will go. They will treat you like the kings and queens your parents thought you'd be when you were born. You'd see it all with your head up standing tall, and you'd look back and think it's funny how you spent your time and money in this world. Living in this perfect world